Hello, Ian. Oh, hi, Joshua. And everybody. Hello. Welcome to Cracker Classics. Yay! Weekly podcast where we watch old movies and, well, this week we're going to have fun. Oh, yes. <laughs> but still cringe a little bit, if I recall. Oh, of course. Pretty sure. It is Kubrick. Mm-hmm. We're watching Dr. Strangelove. Or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very important. <laughs> Gotta get that in there. Now, you said you've sort of seen this, but probably not the whole thing. Uh, last time I tried to watch it, I was incredibly high and pretty sure I fell asleep. <laughs> um... Yeah, I, I, I know the highlights that everyone knows. There's no fighting in here. This is the war room. Mm-hmm. Riding the bomb down. That's about it. <laughs> so do you recall the the gist of the story? No. I know nothing. Okay. Well, I'll at least give you the, the gist of it. Ooh, spoilers. Well, sort of. <laughs> it's the height of the Cold War. Yep. Some general decides to take matters into his own hands. And says, tells the plane, go bomb Russia. Oh, good. Drop the nukes. I like bombing Russia. Do Wait, it. No. Um... <laughs> Word gets to the president, and the president's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Call the Kremlin. We go to the war room. Russian ambassador shows up. There may or may not be spying. There may or may <laughs> not be xenophobia. There's definitely fighting. In the war room. (laughs) (laughs) There is no fighting. This is the war room. Yeah, Yeah, wonderful satire. That's also kind of brutally real. At the best is. Yeah. Like, this could totally have happened Mm -hmm. if we weren't more careful. Yeah. But it's really good. It's funny (laughs) social commentary. And it might still be quite relevant today. Oh, yeah. You know, a little different. Well, yeah. Now we just have nuclear secrets hiding at a friggin' resort in Florida. Not anymore. Well, um, there might still be some. <laughs> I don't know. The FBI is generally pretty thorough. Yeah, but who's already seen it? Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. Come tour my Hall of Classified Horrors. <laughs> $50 admission. $49 for kids. <laughs> Are you yeah. f- um, aware of uh, the Peter Sellers... Yes. Throughout this. Yes. He plays three roles. I am excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this isn't going to be a lot better than The Party. Yeah. I hope so. Hopefully. Well, less cringy. Because The Party was fun. But very but cringy. Very, very cringy. There's still a little cringe in here, though. Of course. I mean, he does portray... He does play Dr. Strangelove, who is in a wheelchair Ooh. and German. Oh, joy. So... We can discuss the cringe on that. Uh, yeah. He's like, Dr. Strangelove is very caricatured. So um, maybe it's okay because he's a little cartoonish, but it's probably not okay. Uh, yeah, that's it, fair. It's Peter Sellers. It's kind of like Dr. It's okay, Scott. but it's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, more or less cringe than Dr. Scott. Rocky Horror. Mm, probably more because we have an accent. It's Dr. A, Scott. No, that's true. This is a non-Anglo <laughs> accent, though. Well, that's fair. Isn't it German? Is Dr. Scott German? I thought he was, like, Scottish. Dr. Scott was Scottish, but Dr. Dr. Strangelove is German. German. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Anglo-Saxon. I thought I, I thought that was... 
No, never mind. I'm, I'm not going to get into that. White since William just, the Conqueror. Yeah, exactly. That was when it was okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't oh, think shit. it matters. Let, 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 let's just abandon this hole and. Uh... And we'll go see a bunch of white people <laughs> plus James Earl Jones. Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's the only. <sighs> Lovely. Yeah, we should have some good cringy fun here. Shall we Yay! get started? Yes. We will be back for intermission impressions and less racial discussion. Maybe. We'll see. We'll be back. Well, how worried are you? Well, the doomsday machine will destroy all human and animal life on Earth. Yay! Hooray, we're doomed. Of course we would design something like that. It's in our best interest. We didn't. The Russians did. I'm talking to the human race in well, general. That's Yeah, of course we would. Right? Yep. This this is a fantastic movie talking about humans <laughs> and the shit that we've done and continue to do to each other. Yep. For Ever. reasons. <laughs> Everyone's got their reasons. Whose reasons do we want to start with? Oh, God. How about the person who came up with all these names? Turgidson and <laughs> Premier Kissoff. Yes. <laughs> I need a new pet that I can name General Turgidson. Nice. It's just, yeah, it needs to happen. Buck Turgidson. Buck Turgidson. General Buck Turgidson. Mm -hmm. I should get a dog. AKC registered, so I can register it <laughs> under the name General Buck Turgidson. Nice. <laughs> uh, At least we had a woman in this movie. Yeah. You know, it's a war movie. A lot of times there's not many women roles. Yeah. Of course, it's a secretary sleeping with Turgidson, naturally. Yeah. I didn't, Turgidson did seem rather sincere about his interest in making her his wife, though. Mm-hmm. And you don't get the impression he's already married. No, there. You know, a lot of times when you're with the secretary, it's because of. Because my wife doesn't understand me. I spend more time with you because I work so much. Yep. Two birds, one stone. Yep. Can we discuss the general who started all of this? Uh, what a piece of shit. Ripper. Ripper. Again with the names. Mm -hmm. God, I love it. Jack Ripper, isn't it? Is it Jack? I think it's Jack Ripper. Okay, I don't recall hearing a first name, but yeah. probably is Jack Ripper. Yeah. He is, yeah, whacked out of his propagandized little gourd. Yep. Or is too important to leave to the politicians. Well, it, that's part of being whacked out of your gourd. Yep. Generals need to have some sort of a level head. It's part of that strategic thinking that he was talking about that politicians don't have time for. Yes. But you have the time for strategic thinking, so where is it? You just decided, he was all very right, strategically. Well, I hate to say it, Med made a valid point. If you are of the mind that nuclear war is inevitable, which there were a few people of that mind, mm -hmm. then you want to win it. The only way to win it is to act first. And I suppose. by forcing the hand of the rest of the military, that's how you get it done. His logic is sound. He may be batshit, but his logic is sound. Uh, 
It's militaristically sound. Yes. It's not politically sound. Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. Talking about irradiating a large portion of the world's landmass. Right. Like, <laughs> it's fucking stupid. Oh, Just, yeah. Oh, no. He's doesn't have the broad enough uh, worldview thinking here. He's only no. thinking about the military side of things, yep. which is not all there is to life. Nope. I understand that there's a lot of people in the military who think that is all there is to life because that's all they've known, but that doesn't mean that that's true. Yes. There's people called civilians who don't know shit about the military. And don't like getting blowed up. Yeah. We do not like it. CIA listening to this podcast. And we play pleasant music on the radio. Do not blow us up, please and thank you. I thought it was interesting, the whole confiscating the radios and, oh, hey, look, yeah. civilian broadcast. We are not being invaded by the Russians. Why yep. are we launching this plan that's only supposed to be launched if we're being attacked by the Russians? He made up a very good point, Peter Sellers. Yep. British Peter Sellers. Yes. Not President Peter <laughs> not Sellers. President Peter Sellers. President Peter Sellers has been pretty stupid so far. Well, he's been president, so, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Takes a special mind. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's, again, the political. When mode you're focused of strictly on the political. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> yeah. That, that dynamic here <laughs> the military mind and the political mind. And we've kind of got George C. Scott, who's sort of in the middle ish. More on the military side, of course. Yes. But, but he at least understands yeah. politics. From a propagandized American point of view, of course. Yes, of course. But oh my God, there's a copy in the war room. <laughs> He's gonna take pictures. Which, yeah, you would think there would be someone else in the war room that spoke Russian. Oh God, beyond I, just yeah. the Russian ambassador. Uh, yeah, that's the biggest oversight I can definitely. Uh, yeah, that's, the least realistic thing thus far. <laughs> I've got two things that I question here. That was one of them. The other one is the whole time zone thing. Yeah. At one point, it was three in the morning in yes. Washington. Yeah, which means it was like four in the afternoon, depending on where you are in Russia. Russia covers eleven time zones. I, I think, think that's what it is. Yeah, you could have breakfast in Moscow, yeah. but in Vladivostok, they're having dinner. Yeah. So yeah. depending on where Kissoff is, oh, Kissoff is. Oh, they didn't say where he was. No. He was just at a party. Yeah. The Strategic Air Command was in Omsk. You could reach it by calling Omsk information. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I love that. Uh, Yeah, they just don't uh, factor that in at all. No. Which you would think might make a difference, strategically speaking. Yeah. I mean, I I don't have access to top secret information, but... I would imagine that in planning something like this, wide scale and across hundreds of thousands of square miles, yeah. timing would be part of that. Yeah. Are you doing it all at once? Or staggered? I don't know. I don't know. The, the sun seems to be shining where the plane is. Yeah, it's hard to tell. It's it like does a... not look to be night. It definitely right. does not look to be night. And then the base... Where that looks like daytime. Yeah, but it would have been middle of the night somewhere in America. Yes, unless that. Yeah, unless that base. Because I imagine the war rooms in D.C. Right. Oh yeah, it's a Pentagon. Yeah. yeah, so it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. There's weirdness surrounding time. 
Yeah, a lot of weirdness surrounding time. But once the nuke, all the nuclear bombs go off, it'll practically be night all the time anyways. So, what does it matter? After a brief worldwide daytime. Well, yes. <laughs> then just dark and gray and yeah, radioactive Yep. Green alcohol and rainwater and... Mm. <laughs> that's a man's drink right there. That, uh, that, that, that's someone's drink. Crazy person who initiates nuclear war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, ooh. There's also the, the plane pilot. Slim, Slim Pickens. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I'm conflicted on him. I like him. I like him, but he also has, like, this undying faith in his general and thinks that what they're doing, there's going to be a when this is over. <laughs> this yeah, is as important yeah, that's, as I think um, it is. You're all going to get promotions and citations when this thing is over. Well, that's the kind of person you want in that position. I guess. Very much the kind of person you want in that position. Complete loyalty. Yep. Yeah. Which they did mention. Could this be a loyalty test? Yeah. Which I hate loyalty tests, honestly. Oh, don't get me started on that. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to test my loyalty, you're not going to be uh, surprised. Or, well, you'll be surprised, but you're not going to be happy with the results that I give you in the test. Yep. Loyalty is a two-way street, by the way. Very much so. Yeah. But I guess if you're giving me a survival kit with 100 bucks and gold and rubles, some chocolate, and some condoms, maybe that's enough loyalty. Nylon stockings and three lipsticks. Yes. I have theories as to what, why. Well, what if you end up in that part of town? What do you mean that part of town? Where you fit in better wearing stockings and lipstick. Okay. Which part of town is that? I don't know. It was the 60s. There was a, that part of town, I swear. In, in communist Russia? I don't know about communist Russia. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I know in Denver it's Cheeseman, so... Yeah. <laughs> My idea was just wherever you were, you're an American in communist Russia. You may have to disguise as a woman. Period. Uh, Doesn't well, matter what part of town you're in. <laughs> you're in the Russian part of the world. Yeah. In the 60s. You may have to. Or you may be... like My initial thought was, like, trading for shelter and hiding. It's another option, yeah. Because I used as seem to remember, yeah, luxuries being and lipstick and silk stockings are luxuries, being right. very hard to come by in Russia, at least according to our propaganda. I thought they were silk. Either way, that's hot commodities. Exactly. Yeah. And the chocolate too could be used for that. Yeah. Look at this imperial sweets. Yep. I love this movie. I said this that already. Is a fantastic. This movie, movie is great. Uh, yeah. Just enough poking fun at the situation, but also showing just what how, it could be. Oh, God, yeah. And how it could go down. <laughs> how disturbingly close we are to nuclear annihilation <laughs> at all times. Yep. And all it More takes so is back a then, few but yeah. whacked out people in certain positions to and set it all off. We know there are a few whacked out people, and eventually they're going to find their way into those positions somehow. Yeah, and they're whacking themselves out more and more these days, too. Oh, God. Mm. Yep. 
Of course, now they don't have a target like they used to. No. Well, the target is ourselves. How do you, how do, you do that? I don't want to find out. Yeah. Just read the disclaimer. <laughs> you do get a disclaimer at the very beginning of this movie saying, no, this is not real, but it very well could be. Yep. There's lots of uh, top secret things we're sort of privy to, which I'm sure have been uh, altered slightly for the sake of Hollywood. Oh, wasn't there uh, like a thing when this came out that uh, a level of accuracy was very suspicious and there was an FBI investigation? You know that sounds familiar. I know it's based on a book. Yeah. Red Alert. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think there was enough info divulged in there that they're like, wait a minute. How yeah. do you know all this? Yeah. <laughs> you're not supposed to know this. Yeah. And if you do, you're not supposed to tell anyone. Yeah. I seem to remember something I like that. I think you're right. Yeah. I want to look that up, though. Yeah, we can do that. Now you I vaguely recall the ending, or maybe not. You know what happened. I just remember Slim Pickens riding the bomb. Riding the bomb. Okay. That's about all I know. So you don't know how we get to that point, then? Nope. Okay. But I want to find out. Can we get back to it? Absolutely. Yay! We'll be back for a curtain call and possibly a red phone. Ooh, very pretty. Goes with the decor. I think they called him direct. He wasn't at the Kremlin. (laughs) Partying. No. Commies partying. Apparently they were some pretty fantastic parties. Well, and you're a rich commie. Yeah, you're... Anyway. It's an oxymoron. (laughs) Yeah, but it was definitely a thing. Meaning it wasn't communism. Nope. Anyway, we'll be back. Oi. Duck and cover. <laughs> when you see the flash, duck and cover. Under kindling, preferably. <laughs> oh, Wow. Yeah, now that you've fully seen the whole movie in one sitting without falling asleep or being inebriated, what do you think? Holy shit, I love this movie. This is a fantastic movie. Oh, and Peter Sellers' Dr. Strangelove at the end there just... Oh, Lord. There's parts about his Strangelove performance that could still confuse me and bug me. Like the arm that is mainly completely the independent of the control of his mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't before, know what the like, going on there, but I used to think it was like a prosthesis. You know, it was in the glove, and yeah, so it yeah. was like a fake arm. But crazy robotics going all over the place, or something with it. Maybe. But, but I've never understood why he acted like that. Yeah. Like, what was the reasoning for it? I don't know if there is a reason for it. That makes it odd because it's a guy in a wheelchair. Like, I, th- I think it was more of an excuse for him to do the the Sieg Heil. Like, I mean, his he had his vocal slip-ups, Mein Fuhrer, Fuhrer but yeah. the automatic Sieg Heil thing made it make sense, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Is that... That but, would be my guess. <laughs> it's one of the squickiest parts to this movie. Oh, yeah. It's just Dr. Strangelove. Yes. And why is he there? What is the. Because he was point a Nazi scientist that we recruited after the World War II. And why is he in the war room? Because he's a Nazi scientist that we recruited after World War II. But he doesn't speak Russian. There's not anyone in the war room that speaks Russian. I think that's more important than having some former Nazi 
in well, the war room. The former Nazi is there because he designed our weaponry. I understand. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But moving forward with the times, we need someone who knows Russian. Why do we need to know Russian when we have a Nazi scientist that builds giant bombs to destroy the Russians? You know what they were saying to Dmitri. As he was taking pictures from his watch. Mm-hmm. Might happen at the very end. No, it's yeah, not. yeah, no. But, I mean, you knew that was going to happen. Oh, yeah. I know. The second he started walking away, I'm like, what the fuck? People, pay attention to the Russian in the mm-hmm. room. <laughs> Especially since Turgidson's yeah, going, yeah. oh, the Russians. Well, they'll build the mine shaft and... Oh, God. They'll come out swinging 100 years from now and we can finally emerge after the radioactive half-life of... The Doomsday Machine. Oh, Lord. Can we talk about the Doomsday Machine? Absolutely. Or did we already in the first part? I don't remember. Just the the, the idiocy of building one. Building one that triggers itself. But it's militarily smart. It's the ultimate deterrent. (sighs) If people knew it was there. Well, it was gonna be announced next week at the conference right oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah there's so much to this movie that is like a worst case scenario but well there's still possible like if all yeah. that shit actually lined up fuck well that's the thing it's worst case scenario is worst case scenario and it's possible if you design your worst case scenario to be total annihilation exactly it can happen. Uh-huh. If you don't, worst case scenario is not total annihilation, and that's lovely. <laughs> 20 million dead instead of 150 million dead. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That, that's a statement that still rings true today. Oh, when, God, when yeah. politicians and military people talk about the effect on civilians they're just shouting out numbers and that doesn't mean anything to them yeah but those numbers are us yes it's always a it just makes you all sound very awful yeah yeah but sir from a military point of view (sighs) meanwhile we have the crazy (laughs) general ripper who continues to uh, prove his craziness oh yeah have you ever heard of the fluoridation of water? <laughs> He's a conspiracy theorist. I came up with this were, myself. Uh... I did my own research. Oh, he did do his own research. Oh, God, that didn't even click in my brain. Through the act of lovemaking, <laughs> I had a loss of essence. <laughs> never uh... happened again now that I drink grain alcohol and rainwater. Is that the whole no-fap thing? Um, that wasn't mentioned, conveniently. Well, he had his loss of essence. Well, it was with a woman, It though, was but... during the, the act of coitus, yes. Yes. But it hasn't happened since. But he also doesn't uh, give women his essence, because it's apparently a pure, unfluoridated I bodily fluid. I don't know what the... F- I... yeah, I... Uh... <sighs> his whole bodily fluids thing, I just don't get... No. He doesn't really explain it, but that's okay, because it's all conspiracy theory, I'm whacked out of my gourd rhetoric, so I don't really care. But in this situation of, you know, you've set off the annihilation of the whole damn planet, I I would kind of like a little more insight as to your 
reasons for why. Well, it's the commies and their fluoridation, whereas today it would be the globalists. Since the commies only drink vodka. Yeah. Government-supplied alcohol. <laughs> What's so wrong about that? I Me mean, personally, I wouldn't take vodka. I mean, it's okay, but I'd get sick of it eventually. Apparently, government vodka is the worst possible vodka. I mean, I could see that. Government issue anything is usually well, not that great. Yeah, military standard is the only vodka that ever made my brother want a chaser. Ooh. He's a vodka fan. <laughs> he can drink McCormick's. No chaser, no problem. It's impressive. He wanted a chaser after mm. military special. Uh, he didn't, on principle. <laughs> <laughs> but he really wanted one. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. It's again. It's not surprising, but I still think it's a, a lesson to take out of the communist playbook. You want to keep your workers happy, supply them with free alcohol. We might be more willing to work for you for the wages that you're currently paying if we got free alcohol out of it, or weed, or free anything really at this point. Oh God! Health like, care. come on, we're not getting anything. <clears throat> it's not free. We pay fucking taxes. Where's our goddamn health care? Yeah. Where's our anything? Fucking tell me about it. We got nukes, though. Yeah. We got nukes. Plenty of those. Controlled by guys uh, that wouldn't do well under torture. No. Oh, I looked into it. Um, the thing about the CIA or whatever uh, the was because the B-52 cockpit was almost perfect. Oh. They designed it after off of supposedly one photograph, and when the military went to inspect it, they were like, um, <laughs> um, how the hell? <laughs> this is goddamn perfect. You sure you didn't have any other sources? <laughs> Just for one photo, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the movie business for you. You've got people that know what they're doing. That's Kubrick's attention to detail mm -hmm. is what that is. That's true. Yeah. Man, that plane suffered a lot of damage. Yep. In various forms. <laughs> but I do have a logistical question about yes. that plane and their mission. Yeah. Can they designate a new target on the fly like that? Yes. Okay. Uh, I wasn't sure, but I'm like, this seems kind of fishy going against protocol and stuff. Within operational um, limitations, absolutely. Given the situation they yeah. were under, losing the fuel. They could, and... not, they could not achieve the primary target, so... Or the secondary target. Well, the secondary target was after the primary, so True. if they can't hit the primary, they definitely can't hit the secondary. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, you're absolutely allowed to... Designate a secondary target okay. with an operational capability. Fair enough. I'm just trying to find any situation and how we can poke a hole in. Oh no, this is totally out. like I I don't see any like this is entirely possible. Which I is know. Terrifying. I know. Absolutely terrifying. But I'm trying. And having known at least one of each of the people in this movie in my life, mm -hmm. <laughs> at least one. It's amazing it hasn't already happened. Incredible. Yeah. I, yeah. I, oh my God. The fact that we still exist in this plane of reality is nothing short of a miracle. In the uh, unirradiated form that we are yeah. 
I mean, well, somewhat irradiated form, I would imagine. Well, I mean... Chernobyl, bomb tests, that stuff's in the air. Yeah, that's... <laughs> to that one guy from Georgia, we share the same air, and their bad air comes over here. Well, that's actually one of the ways that they date certain artifacts mm-hmm. after the first atomic bomb like there's radiation in literally every metal made since 1940 whatever mm-hmm. it's unavoidable so if that's not present then it was made before then yeah it's a nice hallmark yeah it's beautiful i suppose <laughs> i guess <laughs> Now we've been dancing around this one uh, theme here that we, we, it's kind of the elephant in the room at this point. The sexual tension in this movie. Yes. From the very beginning with the airplane getting the fuel as the... Yep. <laughs> right in. All, all the way through. I mean, it's 99.9% men. Yep. Straight, anti-commie, 60s men. Manly men, military men. Yes. And... Uh, British guy. Yeah. Yourself. <laughs> but that sexual tension throughout. <laughs> it's very subtle, but and it kind of builds as it goes along before the bomb goes off. I think that was the point. Oh, yeah. No, we the conversation. play, and then it just goes from yep. there. Conversations between the presidents were very much a, uh, yeah. That was pillow talk. That was definitely pillow talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then just the conversation at the end with the mine shafts and the oh yeah 10 females to every male yep which that there's an issue there with that conversation so uh, yeah it's a room full of men talking about how we are going to repopulate the earth well of course we have to have attractive women yeah women suitable for stimulation yeah i get it yeah. sort of if we need to repopulate the planet, we need to... We need to definitely, like, that's a solid ratio. I buy it. Well, yeah, I'm not questioning the ratio. That's f- fine. Yeah. Obviously, we need more women than men in this world. Period. Regardless of repopulation or not. That's a different story. Yeah. But... That was one of the nice things about war back in the day. So many men just <laughs> would go away, not come yep. back. Yeah. It's true. And the fact that we have to cater our women to uh, be attractive to the the one man. Yeah. I get it, but it's still a misogyny bullshit. Yep, absolutely. No. But it's real, goddammit. Yep. I'm sure that conversation's been had in the war, to- war room multiple times. Uh, yeah. It's definitely... Uh... creepy, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, I love this movie. I just hope it never comes true. I love this movie because of how easily it could come true. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I want it to come true. No, God, no. It doesn't mean it should come Not true. Not at all. It's like idiocracy. It's great. <laughs> but yes. don't have it become no. a documentary. No. It's my wisdom for this episode. Yeah. These movies are fictional. Don't turn them into documentaries. Keep them that way. Yes. Fun, entertaining. It could be like this. And let's keep it that way. Yep. Keep it in the realm of fiction. Mm-hmm. Please and thank you. Don't look up. Meanwhile, you can follow our fictions on Twitter, at Cracker Classics. Support our bullshit on Patreon.com slash Cracker Classics. Instead of giving to the war effort, give to us. Yes! We 
promise that we will not intentionally destroy 150 million people, give yeah, or take. that's what we're going to write down at least. 20 million? Eh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't make no guarantees. No, but not 150 million. Definitely not. <laughs> that's the Cracker Classics guarantee. Does <laughs> that guarantee hold up in court? Yeah. I don't think I ever want to find out. <laughs> well, if we are in court, we have achieved far beyond our wildest dreams. That's true. That is being questioned in court. <laughs> Very true. Uh, we'll see you guys again next week, folks. Thank you. Bye.